You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas, everybody. Happy Festival. Listen to this on the 23rd, right? Um, Yeah, they should be. I might put this out a little early because I got to remain sort of topical. And with the Gibbs commitment and Alabama basketball stinking it up last night, I think I got to – I mean, I don't want to be two days behind on that. But uh, You're right. Jimmy, first of all, this episode is brought to everybody by NetSuite. We want to thank everybody for making this the first place you go to when you listen to podcasts. But, uh, Jimmy – um, let's talk about uh, Jameer Gibbs a little bit first so we can have some good news. Um, this is a total certified, I'm talking about stamped badass, and Alabama just got better. That's exactly right, and Nick is doing the portal better than anyone can do it, and even better than fans will do it. Because, see, what I think, I think the focus is, and, and, and we fans, we do this for the draft too, NFL draft, and that is we look at our lineup or the projected lineup and we go, hmm, where are we not good? Where do we need to get better? And, and you might say, well, that's the offensive line. You know, we, we got to get better in the offensive line. Well, Nick looks at the portal and is like, I don't care what position you play. <laughs> I'm going to get an elite kid. That's what makes the team better. Alabama had six running backs scheduled to be on the team next fall and each one of the six is a national top 100 prospect so they're all good but nick saw it as an opportunity to 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 make the team more elite by adding an elite player And, and i think if more nfl teams drafted that way by the way and you just drafted by most gifted kid available instead of geez, our offensive line's not very good. Which one of these offensive linemen look good to you? I mean, that's, that's just not a way to improve your team. Uh, and, and Nick has. And by the way, it's hard to pluck a, a really good offensive lineman out of the portal. Most, most really good offensive linemen don't ever get into the portal. They're starting where they're at. There's, there's no offensive lineman on someone's bench who's going to start at left tackle for Alabama. That, 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 that just doesn't happen. You know, and I get a kick out of that a little bit because I know that um, that's something Auburn's done is talked about getting some offensive line transfers from the portal. And, you know, they're always getting them from, like, Cornell or Harvard. And, and I'm thinking, yeah, you that's just not going to cut it, bruh. Not in this league. I mean, this it's just not the way it works. But uh, Gibbs is a, a superstar. And I think you're right about, um, hey, just look. Yeah, in a sense, somebody's probably going to have to be voted off of RB Island at Alabama. I mean, you've got now Kamar Wheaton, Trey Sanders, uh, Jace McClellan, Roydale Williams. Um, who am I missing? Jamarian uh, Miller and Emmanuel Henderson. Yeah, Jamarian Miller, Emmanuel Henderson. I think I'm missing even one more. Um, maybe Kendrick Law. Um, and now Jamar Gibbs, right? So, um, yeah somebody's probably going to transfer. And, and there's a part of me that's like, you know, that, that, that does suck for somebody or two somebodies or three somebodies that are going to transfer that want to be at Alabama and that we're here 
um, and that, you know, took a chance and um, trusted us and all that. There's part of me that's sad about that. But see, that's not the way you win at college football anymore. That's the way college football was in the 70s, 80s. And it has become so much more of a business now. If you don't go get the best player available, no matter what your, you know, if if uh, if Bryce Young became available in the transfer portal for whatever crazy reason, God forbid, I don't care who your quarterback is. You're going to be like, yeah, I'm going to recruit that son of a bitch. I'm recruiting. Right. And so that's the way you get better as a team because, see, coaches can't just be, you know, well, I'm – I, you know, this kid took a chance on me, so I'm going to take a chance on him. And I can't recruit a running back that may take his spot because that coach won't have a job and he won't be available to give people chances anymore. So, you know, if you don't go get the best you can get, you're going to lose. And so I, all this to say that Gibbs is a monster pickup. I, I don't think people understand. Yeah, I think Gibbs I is the best transfer we've gotten since we've been getting transfers is is that out of bounds it's not i mean now first of all jameson williams ended up being a first team all-american so you can't really do any better than going into the portal and and taking a guy and then the first season he plays for he's a first team all-american and maybe jameer gibbs will be that guy next year that he'll also be a first team all-american it's very possible but Jameson Williams only caught like nine balls the season before yeah. when he was at Ohio State. So most fans reasonably didn't have high expectations for him. It was reasonable to go, this guy only caught nine balls a year ago. Why are we excited about him? That was reasonable. But Jameer Gibbs is coming here a second-team All-American. He was just a second-team All-American on the AP team. He just was. And so so – you're correct. No transfer coming in has had the accolades that Jameer Gibbs has already created for himself at Georgia Tech, where he didn't have any help, where there wasn't a great passing game. There wasn't uh, an, an offensive line filled with NFL guys. There wasn't other people to take the heat off of him. It was just Gibbs on sheer ability, and now he's going to be playing surrounded by talent. Uh, and regardless of how I feel about Trey or Jace or Roy Dell or even Kamar, uh, I'm excited about each one of those four. I, I think all four can be really good SEC players. Uh, in my opinion, talent-wise, as a talent evaluator type guy, uh, they're not as good as Gibbs. None, none of those guys yet have proven to be as good as Jameer Gibbs. Now, Wheaton hasn't really had a chance to prove himself yet, and, and I'm still extremely high on him. Uh, but I'm just saying, I believe if Nick Saban is playing the best player, and he usually does, uh, when we trot out onto the field against Utah State for the first snap in 2022, I fully expect Jameer Gibbs to be the running back. Uh, he, he's, he's that good, and he's so good, I don't even really want to do it by committee. I know he's not a big 220-pound guy, uh, I think probably about 15 is where you want to, where his touches should be per game in the SEC, about 15. Uh, he needs to be the lead guy. We need to make sure he gets his 15 every Saturday. I also want him returning kicks. He'll house, he'll house a couple. Yeah, that's the other thing about Gibbs. He's so versatile in the Alvin Kamara vein and really maybe even a Kenyon Drake vein that 
he might not steal quite as many carries as you think. I mean, we're not going to Derrick Henry this guy or Mark Ingram him, but um, he's he's so versatile that I think that um, it, he, we'll find a lot of spots for him. He's going to score a lot of points next year. In, and when it, in terms of voting someone off the island, you said before, which by the way I agree, you can't. You can't go into a year with set. If people are like, "Yeah, you can have, you can't have enough running backs. You can have seven. Okay, okay, okay. On your team, you have seven. But realize, if you have seven running backs, where did you just agree to be short? Because just because you overdo it at running back doesn't mean you get extra scholarships. There's still 85. That's all you get. So if you have more than five running backs, you are short somewhere else on the team. So. This is, I think it's going to handle itself. All these kids want the ball. They all want to play. I think one or two may just see the writing on the wall this spring and say, I'm just not going to get the carries here. And they leave to go someplace else to get carries. I think it may take care of itself on its own. But one thing just to throw in, when we signed Emmanuel Henderson, if the kid insists on playing running back, I think you have to play him there because – you know, you're going to get the best max effort when the kid's playing the position he wants to play. But it appeared to me that Henderson was open to playing another position. And when I watched him, his high school tape, uh, I, I saw a kid that, that is a really good running back prospect, and I got zero issues playing him at running back because I think he's a good running back prospect. But actually, where he was elite to me was just as, as an SEC athlete, and I think he might be an excellent defensive back. So. That might take care of one spot right there, and we could be short on defensive backs depending on attrition. So we might go from seven to six just by playing Emmanuel Henderson on defense, and then really you only got to lose one guy. And I'm not even aware of any rumors. I would think it would be Trey, Jace, or Roy Dell. Roy Dell being from Birmingham, I think he'll be the last one wanting to leave. I would focus on, you know, Trey or or Jace maybe not odd man out. I, I think Trey or Jace may choose to be out um, just simply because they're more likely to get the carries that they want and deserve uh, someplace else. Jimmy, um, let me uh, go ahead and tell everybody about NetSuite. This is it the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite for the new year. NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade Upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. Head to netsuite.com slash locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash locked. Also, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is where you want to go to get that bet in. It's bowl season. Go get your bowl bet on. Use promo code LOCKED ON for a 50% welcome bonus. Put in $300, you get to play with $450. That's pretty awesome to get a lot of free money right here at Criminal Time. So go check out betonline.ag where you can bet on basketball, football, baseball, soccer, boxing, UFC, reality TV, whatever you want to bet on. BetOnline.ag will allow you to bet on it. It's easy to pay in, even easier to get paid at BetOnline.ag. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Jimmy, that segment ran a little long, so here's what I'm going to do. 
You told me a nice little McDonald's story. Since they're no longer a sponsor at the moment, I'm going to let you tell a McDonald's story and um, theory. I think it's a theory. Well, I mean, it's not a great, it's not a great story, but uh, not really, uh, particularly if it's going to be judged against the uh, the day I dropped the phone in the big green garbage can in the garage. But um, no, I was just commenting to Luke about. See, when I, when I was like a, a kid, I think I was nine years old, and uh, my grandma, my dad's mom, she she took she took us to a, uh, I think they called it Mor- Morrison's, which was kind of famous in Mobile, but it, it's like a cafeteria, uh, cafeteria style, you know, where you just, everything's made, and, and, and the cafeteria workers will fix your plate for you, and we're going through the line, <laughs> and I'm like, I want this, and I want that, and I want this, and we sat down, and I remember something she told me, I was just nine. And uh, of course, I'm not the big. I'm not the biggest guy in the world. I certainly wasn't the biggest nine-year-old. I was. I was small even for a nine-year-old. And uh, my grandma looked at me and she said, uh, "Little Jimmy." They called me Little Jimmy because a, I'm little, and b, her, my grandfather, her husband, uh, his name was Jimmy as well. So he was Big Jimmy, and I'm Little Jimmy. She said, "Little Jimmy, I'm afraid your eyes are bigger than your stomach." And uh, that is something that has followed me. <laughs> all the way now to age 51. So I don't like fries. I'm, I'm not a fry guy at all. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, even though McDonald's has excellent fries, I, I'm, I just don't like eating French fries. What I really like is the burger. So, so I'm hungry and I didn't want fries. So I'm like, I'll have two Big Macs. So I ordered two Big Macs at the drive-thru and I'm trying to eat them before Luke and I start the show. So I'm kind of trying to hurry because I got like 12 minutes to eat two Big Macs because the, show, the show's about to start. And uh, I ate these two Big Macs, and I realized about three or four things. Number one, uh, Big Macs aren't very good, even though I've eaten a 1,000. I'm, I'm hungry for them, and then I eat them, and then I'm like, God, that's just not, not great. And, and secondly, I realized I think each Big Mac just probably took a year off my life, so I just lost two full years uh, off, off the end. And third, I, I don't think I need to eat again the rest of the day. And, and, and frankly, uh, one more thing uh, my wife says all the time about me is that I need an adult. <laughs> I need an adult with me at all times so I don't do things like order two Big Macs like I'm 11 years old. But I think my grandma was right. Back when I was nine, my eyes are bigger than my stomach. No, first of all, several great points in there. Um, my eyes are bigger than my stomach, too. And, you know, there's something about, I think what separates children from adults is willpower and the ability to understand, you know, what you can have, what you should have, and what the difference is. I, you and I are not adults because we I need do that adults. too. I go to, I go to places and I, Jimmy, I eat ice cream at least once a day and sometimes twice a day. I love it. Why? I mean, I'm like pissing Rocky Road. I mean, I just don't understand <laughs> what's wrong with me that like when, I, when, I, when I'm when i in Ellick City, like there are not many places to eat that are like, you know, good for you or whatever. And every day I'm like, all right, today I'm going to go get some fruit and I'm going to eat that fruit. And that's all I'm having, by God, because I'm going to lose a little weight. 
And then that never happens. I always go to like a barbecue place, one of our 10 barbecue places or one of our 10 Mexican places. And after, especially one of those two, I'm always like, hmm, I can't just, I got to have a palate cleanser. You can't just walk around with a dirty ass palate. So I got it. Now we have a Dairy Queen. So I go Rocky, to Dairy Queen. Rocky Road is your palate cleanser. Yeah. Or, How are we both not 320 pounds? I, you know, I really don't understand why I'm not. I should be. I mean, in theory, because my brother is about my height, about 6'5", and I'm guessing he's 340. I'm 240. Really? Yeah. I he's guess huge. I've seen your brother. I didn't realize he was that big. He's, that's, that's he's huge. Now, he played high school football, and I didn't because my, my school didn't have it. But, um, you know, it's – and but he's just a big he's just he's just bigger than me like i'm lanky and like i'm i'm fat but i'm deceptively fat like i you know you you look at me like damn he's skinny but like if i turn to the side you're like oh my god he's got he must have some massive bloating what the hell's wrong with him um anyway uh jimmy let's take a break when we come back i got to talk about that travesty of a basketball game all right. So last night, Jimmy, I went to Birmingham. Oh, well, I was in Birmingham. So I went to Legacy Arena with my daughter, my five-year-old, and she was pumped. And it was great to go to the game. Uh, nice crowd. Saw a lot of people I know. Um, I thought that a lot of people showed up. And then Alabama just disappointed. I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not going to just dog the team out because it's not that big of a deal, which, by the way, is why I, uh, I want college football to remain the way it is because I like being really down when we lose because that means I'm that passionate about it. Losing to Davidson, I was pissed for a moment. And then I was like, eh, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, we got to win over Gonzaga, got one over Houston, and we started SEC play. And, you know, we lost to Western Kentucky about the same way last year. Not a big deal. Um, and I don't ever want to feel that way about football. But anywho, um, regardless, it, it was just a piss poor effort. And I don't know what has happened to this team since the Houston game. Maybe mentally they're just incredibly fatigued. I, I heard somebody say, well, we're so young. Yeah, in, in a way, but, you know, Shackelford's a junior. Javon Quinterly's a senior. He's been here forever, seemingly, and he missed a free, you know, a free throw that we need him to make. If our senior point guard can't make a free throw we need him to make, that's a problem. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm just really unhappy with the way we're playing, and, and I'm not blaming Oates. I think Oates is also very unhappy with the way we're playing. And maybe we just read too much of our own press clippings after Houston and Gonzaga or whatever. But um, no no way to spin this other than that was a bad loss. That should not happen. Um, but, you know, you hit the reset button, you get a week off. And my initial thought, uh, never having been a coach beyond the nine, ten-year-old level, uh, my first thought was, I hope Nate Oates goes into the locker room and says, guys, here's what I want to do. Y'all got two days off. Two days off, do whatever you want to, get with your girlfriend, get with your friend's girlfriend, get with whoever you want to get with. Go have fun, play video games, go to Dave and Buster's, go to Chili's. I don't give a shit. But in two days, when we come back, we're going we're gonna to be a different team. Um, y'all got to get whatever it is out of your system. And that's what I'm kind of hoping happens. But I, that's not going to happen. I just, I feel like this team needs a two-day non-basketball kind of break and the reason I think that is because um, years ago when I was playing high school basketball, um, I, 
I played so much like all the time, like instead of studying, that's what I did. Um, and I got burnt out on it. I didn't know I was burnt out, but I went to France to see my cousin get married. And um, I was gone for a week and there was no basketball gyms or anything in France for me to do. And so I just was away from it for a total week. And I really thought when I got home, I was like, man, I'm going to be just awful. I played probably two weeks of the best basketball I've ever played when I came back. Just having, taking a mental break from it, not even thinking about it. And, you know, sometimes you just got to do that. And I and I know Alabama is 10 times better than, 100 times better than me at any of this. But I'm just saying, I think that sometimes you just got to take a step back and go, let me just, let me just remove myself from the situation and then come back at it with a new attitude. Yeah, I like that. I like that plan, and I bet something like that happens. We do have the Christmas break, so it's as good a time as any to tell kids that, hey, take a couple days away from it, spend it with your family, and just get out of my sight. And when you come back, things are going to be different. I, I, I like that a lot. But just one more thing to to think about. I think as sports fans, what's frustrating for us is we think a team is what it is, right? And let's say, you know, you just are what you are. And let's assign a numerical value to that. Let's just say, let's just pick it out and say, okay, Alabama is 79. That's what Alabama is. They're a 79. So we think, because you are what you are, that every night out on the court, home or away, regardless of opponent, that Alabama is 79. Well, 79, 79, every night out. That's what they are. Well, sports doesn't work that way. It especially doesn't work that way with younger kids. Alabama might be a 79. Well, what that means is some nights they're an 83, and some nights they're a 74. And sometimes they're going to be a 75 two weeks in a row, and then they're going to follow that up and be an 89 two games in a row and do things like upset Gonzaga and Houston. It, it, it is up and down. It is a roller coaster. It's not, it's not a merry-go-round that stays the same. It's, it's a roller coaster. They're going to play really well, maybe even over their heads, and they have. They're also going to play really bad and lose to teams they shouldn't. I think it's just sports, and, and I know that it's frustrating for all of us, but all of us who can't understand that, I bet at least half of the people that listen to our show or play golf, maybe half the people either play golf or used to play golf. Let me ask you, you had a handicap, right? So the handicap says you're a you're a 11. You're an 11 handicap. Does that mean that every single time you play golf, you shoot 81 Every time. Well, you're an 11 handicap, so you shoot 81. Every single time that you're on the course, you shoot 81. Hell no. Nobody does that. I don't do that as a golfer. Some days I play pretty well for me. Other days, I'm terrible. And I can't really predict what's coming. I just, it, it, you know, and then it all averages out to, you know, whatever your handicap is. But you know, even in our own lives, we're not the same performance every day yet we somehow expect our sports teams to, to, to be that and to do that and, and to be the same team that drilled Gonzaga in Seattle. But, it, hey, it's sports. And one of the reasons it's fun, people, is because it is different every time out. That's why it's frustrating, but it's also why it's fun as hell when it's good. No, I, I agree with all that. And I would say in my entire life, the only thing that's consistent is the quality of this podcast. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I know. Because sometimes our show is terrible. I'm the I, first to tell you. 
No, it's – I think you <laughs> mispronounced always. Um, but anywho, uh, all right, Jimmy, let's go ahead and uh, call this show a show. We're going to go ahead and cut another show for everybody. We are. Christmas Eve show. We're going to reminisce some more. So uh, we'll see you guys then. Until then, roll tide. Roll tide.